0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Daniel Exelman with my great friend, Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees for MLB.com. Brian it is the off season for the Yankees. It's still World Series time, though, for the rest of baseball land. So I have to know, I'm asking everyone, do you have a prediction? Do you root against the Red Sox inherently?
1: No? <laughs> I wouldn't say I root against it, but I think it's fascinating that you got these two historic franchises, the, the Red Sox and the Dodgers going head to head. And obviously I've spent a ton of time at Fenway park. And I know what kind of atmosphere that is for a postseason game and, um, and Dodger stadium. I mean, what else would you want from a national league team? So I I'm watching every pitch. I, I I'm into it. I wouldn't say I'm rooting one way or the other, <laughs> but, um, I really don't have a prediction except to say that the Red Sox impressed me so much with the team they had top to bottom. They did not win 108 games by accident. And um, you know, just having seen them in the postseason, I covered the ALCS for MLB.com as well. Um, just for them to go into Houston and, and beat the defending world champions, I think I'd be very surprised if the World Series trophy is not going up in Boston this year. So there, there you go. That there's my prediction. The Red Sox are, are, have impressed me so much. They've been so good. And I've obviously seen a ton of them. So uh, I think they're going to win.
0: Yankees fans close your ears on that part but sorry yeah I do agree with you I do agree only because I actually had the chance to watch the Dodgers in the um NLDS and the NLCS and I don't feel the passion that I that I feel through the screen I didn't even feel it in person from the Dodgers um so I don't know if they're just kind of used to being here and and I don't, they're not as hungry. I know they're hungry. I know it's been a while. I know last year was disappointing, but I I feel the passion through the screen from the Red Sox. So um, I'm I'm looking for a sweep. Red Sox in four is what I got.
1: I'm not calling a sweep, but I will tell you, the one thing people talked about the Red Sox was their bullpen's not good enough and it's been fine. It's, it's been, it's been good enough. And the other parts of their team top to bottom are are so complete that Mm. um, like I said, 108 wins doesn't happen by accident.
0: Absolutely. And one of these guys who's playing in the World Series right now is a potential contender to play with the Yankees next year. Manny Machado's name is being chirped about in every way, shape, and form in every circle of baseball. And we're talking about him because, unfortunately, Didi Gregorius had a surprise Tommy John surgery. So Manny Machado's name is, is being chirped about. What are your thoughts on bringing him in? Obviously, money's not a huge issue, but does he fit?
1: Well, I think he fits especially more now that you know what happened with Didi, and you're right, that was a complete surprise. The fact that that happened in Game 2 of the Division Series, and he continued to play through it, and we didn't hear a peep about it until after they were eliminated. Um, The fact that he was able to continue playing is very impressive, I think that says a lot about Didi, but now you're looking at a window where he's not going to be back until June at the earliest, um, maybe as late as August, and considering what we just went through this year when they said Aaron judge would be back in three weeks and it turned out to be more like seven and a half. Um, I'm not, I'm not kind of banking on the optimistic part of seeing Gregorius back in June. I know he would tell you that he will be, but I think you have to wait and see. So, the Yankees have been in on Manny Machado for a while. I mean, there's been a lot of talk connecting uh, those two sides. They tried to acquire him from the Orioles in July. Things didn't line up perfectly, but there was definitely a, a legitimate intent on the Yankees part to, to bring Machado in and be a big bat to help them get to the postseason and make some postseason noise. And obviously, he wound up in Los Angeles instead. But I, I think there is going to be significant interest there. Um, the fact that shortstop is open and Manny Machado has said he wants to play short. Stop. He could just easily slide over to third base when when, and if D.D. Right. comes back. And um, I actually think Machado profiles better as a third baseman than he does as shortstop. Uh, I think that the defensive metrics would agree with you on that. Uh, but I think that when you have a, an option, an opportunity to get a guy like that, you have to investigate it. It's what the Yankees did last year when Giancarlo Stanton was on the market. You have this huge talent, huge contract, but... They're one of the few teams that financially could pull it off, and this is part of the reason why you've heard Hal Steinbrenner keep talking about we need to reset the luxury tax rate. They were able to do it. Brian Cashman said mission accomplished. They stayed under 197 uh, in 2018. I do not expect them to stay under that in 2019, and Manny Machado could be a huge part of that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I see every every team. I mean, we were just talking about the Phillies in on Machado and Harper. Uh, we were talking about. Um, you know, I was talking with Britt about where she thinks he could land. Uh, obviously, she spent a good amount of time with him and watching him grow up, and just you know, obviously the the things that have been going on in the postseason as well. And we don't really have to get too much into it, but you know, the whole you wrote about the whole Johnny Hustle thing, and um, you know, just just his attitude out there. And, and she, Britt said Britt really said that. There are two Manny Machados. There's the guy on the field and off the field. Um, And I know Brian Cashman was asked about the play um, with Jesus Aguilar um, at first base and what he thought, and he said, you know, no comment on that. I mean, does that behavior seem like any reason the Yankees would – Decline to bring him over?
1: I think it's something you have to consider as part of the equation, especially when you're thinking about that you're going to be making an investment that's probably going to exceed $300 million on this guy, but he's going to play somewhere. He's going to play for some team next year, and uh, this is one of the premier talents in the game, and I think you weigh the good against the bad, and when you look at Manny Machado, there's a whole lot more good than there is bad. And uh, this is a guy, uh, there was an Instagram post, if you remember, back in early July, and somebody he had photoshopped his body onto a yankee uniform and he was clicking like on it and that yeah. created a kind of a little firestorm and then in spring training aaron judge went up to him and said hey it would great. be you'd look great in pinstripes next year and and that created another <laughs> little uh media firestorm. he got a little
0: slap on the hand for that yes right? he
1: did and i i think aaron learned his lesson and, and the only mistake that aaron judge made I know we're rolling the clock back to February and March now, but the only mistake he made was telling the media about it. Um, I, if you don't believe those kind of yeah. conversations happen at first base or wherever on the field or during panic practice, I mean, you know, they, they happen. That, that happens more often than uh, than we certainly hear about. So anyway, uh, I, I think there's a lot of smoke connecting Machado to the Yankees. I don't think it's a lock, but I think – it's on his short list of places where he would like to play. And, and certainly having played in the division with Baltimore, I think he'd be really comfortable coming to the American league East.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears here to starting pitching. Uh, we saw CC Zabathia pitch what's probably his last uh, game in a Yankees uniform I could be wrong though Brian well we'll get to you in a second Jay Happ is a free agent Lance Lynn is about to become a free agent so there's some names floating around out there about who could head on over to the Yankees and then also you wrote about the club being open-minded towards moving Sonny Gray in a trade so that's shaking up a, the rotation of the New York Yankees you've got Severino and Tanaka Holding ground there, but what what do you what do you think about CC? Where is he going to go, and who do you think can come in and start to fill the rest of that rotation?
1: Well, see, that's the question, and, and I think that. In a perfect world, I think you would want to bring CeCe Sabathia back. I mean, for $10 million last year, he did everything you would want him to do. I know he's coming off knee surgery, but he was last year too. So this is kind of an annual cleanup thing for for CeCe anyway. Um, If the dollars are not a huge obstacle, and I don't think they will be. I I know that he took a pay cut last year to stay with the Yankees. He wants to be with the Yankees. Uh, I think he wants to pitch one more year and end his career in New York. I know – his family lives uh, about 10 miles from Yankee Stadium, and they don't want to uproot themselves and go all the way back to, what, Oakland or Cleveland? Maybe he finishes his career in Cleveland for one year and goes back there, um, I guess, maybe, but I think in it, what CC wants is to come back to the Yankees. I think it's going to be one of those situations where he's not going to be their first move. They're going to go after other guys, and Patrick Corbin is a, another name that should be mentioned there with the Yankees. I, I know that Cashman said they would be very lucky to retain Jay Happ, and and maybe they will try to do that as well but i think cc might hang out there on the market there's not going to be a huge rush to get him in a spring training um I, I think that he might be one of those guys that you see come off the uh come off the board in in late january early february and i won't be shocked if he winds up back at George Steinbrenner field in tampa
0: all right, I think I, I think actually, personally, as just a baseball fan, I'm happy to hear that that's a possibility, and I know Yankees fans would be as well because you need a workhorse, you need the veteran. He brings everything to the table. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I got to go to an, uh, an off season workout of his, Brian, um, earlier this really? year. Yeah, yeah, I watched him um, work out, and the most interesting part was just how they've changed his his workout routine because of his knees and because of he's a big guy. He's a huge (laughs) dude and you have to, you've got to maintain that for 162 plus um, year round. And so it was really interesting to see how they've tailored his workout to his knees, to his body, to his weight, and making sure that he doesn't lose all the weight, right? He wants to keep some of that meat, but um, making sure that it's healthy, the healthy kind of meat. Um, So it was really interesting, but um, I'd, I'd like to see that as well. But what really Brian is uh, is sparking my interest is the the battle at first base, if it's even a battle. And, and you can tell me that. But Luke Voigt, first of all, I got to shout him out because he's a St. Louis guy. And he went to my rival high school, Lafayette High School, same high school as David Fries and Ryan Howard. Um, so... He obviously is making everyone back home extremely proud. But what about Greg Bird? That's Greg Bird's spot, too. And obviously, he's dealing with injuries up and down. Uh, You know, the Yankees are still waiting for him to have a fully healthy season. But Luke Voigt, he made waves. I mean, he gave that team a spark. And I don't know, Brian, if they would have gotten as far as they did without Luke Voigt. Is that fair to say?
1: Maybe not. I mean, Brian Cashman has talked about how they wanted Machado, but Voigt actually turned out to be the best bat acquired at the deadline, especially for what yeah. they gave up. A couple of pitchers who didn't really fit into their mix long term. So I, I think they've really uh, struck gold there with Luke Voigt and and you've kinda when you put him up against Greg Bird here, you've got a tale of two players. It's can Luke Voigt prove that what he did in twenty eighteen was not a fluke. And can Greg Bird prove that what he did in 2018 was a fluke? So I I think that if you're going to pencil it in right now as far as spring training goes, and look, the Yankees might blow the doors off and go get somebody else too. I mean, hey, they might wind up with Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Who knows? Um, But I think that as it stands right now, uh, you have to figure on Luke Voigt has earned that first crack to be your starting first baseman. And and Bird can come into spring training, and if he's fully healthy, he can – show that he's the hitter the Yankees have thought he was this is a guy who uh was often talked about as the most complete hitter in a Yankee system that produced Gary Sanchez Aaron Judge you know the names um bird was head and shoulders above those guys and uh, injuries have taken their toll he hasn't been able to show it for an extended period on the big league level but I, I think he's going to come into spring training hungry uh but it's Luke Voight's job to lose the first base
0: All right. Well, we've gone through a lot of different things that the Yankees want, need. What do you think, Brian, right now is the most important number one top of the list that they need to focus on?
1: Oh, I think it's starting pitching, you know, I mean, Machado's a sexy name and I know that's going to get a ton of headlines. And I, I expect, I will not be sleeping very much when we get to the winter meetings in Las <laughs> Vegas and not because I'm going to be at the blackjack table. So maybe I can wander there for a minute or two. Um, it's going to, it's going to be crazy with, you got Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and this prolific free agent class out there and the Yankees have money to spend. So I, I think that's all coming together as a, a perfect cocktail, but it's starting pitching. I am, cashman always talks about how that is the key to the kingdom and and they've got that Lockdown bullpen. It, it still should be terrific. We'll see if they retain uh, Dave Robertson, uh, how they kind of move things around, move the pieces around. I know Batanzas is arbitration eligible. Zach Britton pits pretty well after he came over from Baltimore. Maybe they can keep him. But I, I think there's so many question marks once again in the starting rotation. That's where we were when the Yankees were coming into 2018. People said, well, you know, they, they should hit a ton, but is the starting pitching going to be good enough? I think you're right back there again now. Uh, maybe the landscape has changed a little bit considering Luis Severino was not the same guy in the second half uh, but I think that all the more reason uh, they really need to go out and find the answers uh, to hand the ball off to that bullpen because it is really a good one
0: all right Brian Hoke you are the man you have all the knowledge if you want to know what Brian's talking about head over to MLB.com Yankees you can follow Brian Hoke Twitter Instagram this dude is a beast everywhere and he's got he's got all the incredible photos and covering this team like nobody else can so brian as always thank you for chatting with me
1: of course danny i enjoyed it thank you very much
0: all right with brian hoke i'm danny wexelman thank you guys so much for tuning in